0: And welcome to another episode of The Advocates Academy. The Advocates Academy is a podcast brought to you by the Women and Gender Resource Center at the University of Alabama. I'm Lizzie Smith, and I'm your host. This podcast is for students, faculty, and staff who are looking for ways to engage in advocacy and social justice work on their campus, in their career, and in their day-to-day lives. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Perez about holistic student health and well-being, various ways programs within student health and well-being are engaging with students while maintaining social distancing recommendations, and personal responsibility as a form of advocacy that we can all engage in for the coming year. Listen in and follow the links in the description to learn more ways about how you can get involved with taking care of ourselves and taking care of our neighbors, our colleagues, our fellow students, and our friends at UA. Hi, Dr. Perez. How are you?
1: Good. How are you, Lizzie?
0: I'm good, doing good. Just social distancing, hanging around the house with the dog.
1: There's there's a lot of that going on for everybody these days, isn't there?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we're all at this point. We've got cabin fever, and we just want to leave the house. But yeah,
1: yeah, every I think everybody's ready for uh, a change of pace.
0: Certainly, certainly. Yeah. Um, so we've got a lot to talk about today, but before we get going, I'd like for you to take a minute and just introduce yourself. Tell us all about you.
1: Sure. Well, th- again, thanks for, uh, for inviting me, uh, to this podcast today. And, uh, so my name is Tony Perez, uh, pronouns he, him, his, and, uh, I'm currently the, uh, associate vice president for student health and wellbeing, uh, here in our division of student life and at the university, uh, previously I've, I've had other roles at, um, uh, University of Florida, Georgia Tech, um, as director of their counseling center, uh, and then um, in counseling center, the University of Florida and University of Georgia. So I've been a part of uh, student life since 1993, really, as, as a professional, um, and done a lot of um, sort of program development on campus, working with students, and um, uh, and a lot of you know r- research and writing and presentations, particularly around the areas of uh, racial and ethnic identity development, um, sexual minority, gender diverse communities, and uh, other sort of curriculum development projects related to uh, diversity and inclusion.
0: Um, I know uh, we're all uh, really glad to have you. I'm I'm really glad to have you on the show today, and I know we're all really glad to have you at UA.
1: Um, well, I'm, I'm excited to be here, and this is uh, uh, going on my fourth year here now at uh, at uh, UA. So yeah. I came here from tech in, in 2017, I think. So um, time has flown really quickly.
0: Yeah, uh, it does that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah. So we're here today to talk about uh, student health and well-being, and and particularly as that pertains to the return of students to campus in the fall. Um, so, would you mind by just kind of starting off and telling us a little bit about student health and well-being? Uh, what types of programs and resources are available through these departments?
1: Sure, sure. Well, one of the 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 main charge for me was to to come to the University of Alabama. And so I was charged with really uh, developing very holistic model of health and well-being. Uh, mm-hmm. And so in that regard, I think it's important for everyone to consider their health and well-being from a very um, holistic and comprehensive perspective that so has a lot of different dimensions. And for us, uh, uh, the the dimensions really are pretty central to student health and well-being.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so that's why we've established uh, what we call the Alabama model. And so, uh, it allows students to view and understand well-being from a lot of different perspectives, um, and it's it really is a model that was developed by students for students, and so it really I think reflects the the, the needs that students have and the ways that students um, here at the university um, perceive their own well-being and and health. Um, the, um, the the five departments that I oversee really um, I like to think of as um, uh, serving the core areas for uh, health and well being. And so, um, you know, those are areas are, are collegiate recovery intervention services. Uh, uh, and, that, and, and collegiate recovery and intervention services provides both uh, services to um, provide therapy for those who are uh, having uh, difficulty or, uh, or issues with substance use, as well as those pursuing active recovery. We have a very um, robust uh, recovery community here, and, uh, and they're great students. Uh, the other department is our Counseling Center. Uh, the Counseling Center provides uh, a number of mental health services, including individual counseling group, uh, counseling as well. Um, they offer emergency and uh, urgent crisis consultation and services, in addition to to campus-wide programs and services in their Mm -hmm. their outreach education. Uh, Then we have our student health center and uh, pharmacy that that really serves as a student's um, uh, pharmacy and medical care away from home. So it's their uh, medical care here at the university. And uh, they're uh, they're a great staff that provide, again, quality health care that encompasses all different areas from um, uh, from kind of general uh, health care to more um, specialized healthcare in terms of uh, their services at the women's clinic and in psychiatry as well. Mm-hmm. Then we have UREC, our University Recreation, and uh, they're a great program and, uh, and they really provide so many services and programs that, that get students going, keep them active and engaged in different areas of sport and recreation. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Uh, They're very creative in how they they engage students and also in how they provide their services to to students and our members. Uh, They're they're a wonderful staff, a lot of high energy staff. (laughs) uh, And then of course, our Women Gender Resource Center that provides our key services for not just mental health for students, but also specifically around the areas for um, uh, gender issues, uh, issues specifically, uh, designed for women sur- and abuse survivors, as well as a very robust area of um, outreach program and, and education. So those are the main, the main core areas that I like to think of as, as um, central to um, health and well-being.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on with that there's concept, a lot right?
1: There.
0: Yeah, um, and and I like you know the way you were talking about student health and well being as being a holistic concept. We want to take care of the whole person, and there's right. so much involved in that. And I you know I think that this fall in particular, that really is hitting home for so many of us, mm-hmm. particularly people who do student programming, because mm-hmm. we're trying to engage the whole person
1: mm-hmm.
0: without actually being Close to the whole person. Right, right.
1: It's a real. I think it's a real. Um, it can be a real challenge, but also an opportunity to be really creative and innovative. You know, it's interesting. You know, a lot of I think what students and maybe most folks think of health and well-being as are uh, you know may may mainly be from the physical aspect.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but there's so much uh, mind-body connection that yeah. uh, is so much a part of health and well-being, and so. Uh, you know, the services that we provide here, both uh, the Counseling Center, WGRC, Collegiate Recovery, and the Student Health that are so critical to that uh, mind-body connection, right? Um, and then also, um, I think one of the the few areas that gets talked about um, in our Alabama model, uh, and there's seven dimensions to that model, I think one of the few areas that gets talked about really is a student's um, spiritual Mm
2: well-being
1: and so and and so much i think of spiritual well-being um is uh is is open for you know student exploration and um and and to provide support but i think it's one of those areas that um i don't think i i think students don't necessarily talk much about Mm -hmm. uh, nor do i think we provide them an opportunity for that Uh, But when we do, students are all about it, I think, and want to talk about uh, their areas of spirituality and spiritual well-being, however they define it.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, And and I'm glad that you brought that up because it kind of leads us into the next thing that I wanted to speak with you about. Um, You know, I'd like to talk about... um, how we're taking care of our students in terms of their physical health um, mm-hmm. moving into the, the fall semester. But because our, our model is holistic and it is looking at the social and the educational and the spiritual as well, there are a lot of things that are being implemented to encourage students to still engage with those aspects of their personal health and well-being right. um, while also keeping their physical bodies safe. Yeah. Um, and so I'd love it if you could tell us just a little bit about some of the strategies that student health and well-being um, is using to keep folks at UA safe, but also to engage that whole person in the education process.
1: Sure, sure. Because I think, I think it is about um, I think it's all about not just keeping students safe, but also keeping them well. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a large part of well being that focuses not just on the um, intervention side, right, but but also on on the prevention and the, and the proactive nature of taking care of oneself and um, you know designing a a, a, a well being plan, if you will, mm-hmm. for yourself. And so you know when I think of different strategies that that our areas are are using to provide both um, sort of intervention or those direct services, but also proactive education and um, and outreach kind of programs. There uh, there are certainly a lot of different ways that we do that. I think the, um, you know, certainly I can can point to, you know, the list of outreach programs that everyone provides and uh, which would take up maybe another hour of this podcast. (laughs) Uh, particularly during uh, the the course of a typical year, but one mm-hmm. of the things that we've been trying to do too, in in terms of helping us and our areas to design um, really effective programs and effective programs that target each of those different areas of well-being, is to use some of the data that we we now have uh, on our um, assessment of of health and well-being based on the Alabama model. And so, and, uh, so, uh, so for example, the counseling center and uh, and um, WGRC as mm-hmm. um, have been using some of the data to help inform them of the different types of services and programs that that they can provide to students in, in terms of either outreach programs or particularly uh, you know during the time that we've uh, our, our students have had to be away from campus right mm-hmm. those services are still are still needed and so yeah. there have been some really interesting um, uh, data and 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 information we've been able to gather, that for example has um, has resulted in uh, at least at the counseling center some drop-in online groups
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, uh, and redesigning uh, services in that way. Um, you know, the student health center uh, and pharmacies also uh, using that information from our Alabama model, and particularly the um, the area of health promotion and wellness and our health educators using that using those programs to help augment and design some of their education efforts and, and prevention education efforts for uh, for students on campus um, and then UREC is also they con- they constantly use their their data in terms of you know not only how stu- how many students are using their center. Um, but also what students are looking for, and some of the feedback that students give in terms of uh, wanting new opportunities to engage and um, and to uh, socialize sort of mm-hmm. in a different in a different way. So I know that UREC has been pretty active in developing um, an esports uh, kind of um, kind of activity or or initiative to further engage those students. So it's been it's been interesting and fun, and uh, I, I think it. Again, allows for while this is a time of, you know, really challenging kinds of uh, things in in many different ways, and certainly for our uh, everyone's well being, that I'm I'm really happy with the way in which our core areas have responded to be you know really innovative, using the information that we have available, and also seeking feedback from students to design and implement programs and services.
0: Yeah, certainly, and this is going to be. A really challenging, but I think it's it's also going to be, um, in, in many ways, a really engaging and, and fun year as we try out all kinds of new things to to work with students and to get you know folks up and out of the rooms and doing things and engaging mm-hmm. socially while also keeping people safe.
1: It's have you, have a, you seen some of yeah Have you seen some of UREX um, like virtual workouts that they post on there?
0: I have, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah.
1: It's, it's, they're and really neat, aren't
0: they? They are so fun. And I um I follow a couple of the, the trainers and and the class instructors on like okay. Instagram and stuff. Yeah. And so uh, they'll post about what they're doing for their for their online courses and, and things yeah. like that. And it's yeah, it's it's a lot of fun and yeah, really engaging and um has has hopefully kept a lot of students engaged with the campus community over the course of the summer since they were available for, for people to do sure. from a distance.
1: Well, certainly, WGRC has had a large presence uh, virtually in the summer in terms of engaging students through programming online, Zoom meetings, and,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that type of thing. And, and so, it, 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 I don't think it nece- that that the that the, um, the pandemic has necessarily slowed down, uh, you know, student engagement. It's, I think we're doing it in a different way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And and in that vein, yeah, we've also had. Uh, changes to the way that we do things. I know uh, for for me, because I do volunteer management, mm. um, uh, it's changed the way that my office looks at the way we engage with volunteers. Um, right. And some of that happened through necessity, but a lot of the policies and procedures that we put into place, we found are more successful than the thing that we had before, even before mm. the pandemic. Um, oh, so we're doing. Yeah, we're doing all of our uh, virtual orientation sessions, and those happen now every week. And because nobody has to travel to the WGRC, we're finding that even over the course of the summer, more people signed up for those orientation sessions Mm. than they did in the spring semester. Um, And we're having a lot of fun with playing with ways that folks can advocate for the resource center. Uh, virtually, through volunteerism, so we 've got like mm-hmm. our virtual advocates where people will attend a program and then post about it on social media and help us yeah. with getting the word out there and so yeah there 's a lot of things that we ended up doing because we had to that right. i think we're we 're going to continue doing even when we can when we can be face to face with folks so
1: oh and and i 've been so proud of everybody 's effort to to uh, not only be creative but but on a dime be creative. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I, f- I feel like everybody just kind of woke up the day after spring break ended, and we were like, yeah. "Okay, yeah. new world. Let's figure this out."
1: That's right. That's right. And I think that, you know there was some, some, not I don't say hesitancy, but I think some, um, uh, uh, some thought and some pause uh, to ask those questions: How do we not only how, what do we need to do mm-hmm. to engage students and offer services differently? But what do we what do we need to know in order to do that?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So so delivering um, uh, counseling therapy services online, uh, for example, you know, what do our counselors and, and psychologists need to know to be able to do that mm-hmm. uh, at the student health center? What do the physicians and, and providers need to know to start to do, to to provide telemedicine on, mm-hmm. online? So there's a lot of um, really quick adjustment and learning that, uh, that everyone really engaged in and they had to do, but I'm, I'm really happy and very proud of everybody for their, uh, for their efforts to, to quickly pick things up. I mean, just learning zoom myself, it's like, <laughs> oh, you zoom before? how do I do this? So yeah. Now I've got a great collection of virtual backgrounds that I like to play around.
0: Right. Aren't those yeah. fun? Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I'm, i we could talk about this all day. I'm just gonna. Um, I'm just gonna roll forward. Um, okay, so for the folks that are thinking about returning to campus in the fall and are concerned about safety and about responsibility and how they can, um, you know, I I think that the um that the UA like the Capstone Creed um. Means something entirely different this year as we're kind of mm-hmm. moving into this process and thinking about personal responsibility and caring for one another and caring for ourselves. Um, people are kind of having to rethink what that looks like for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So do you have any advice for how people who are returning ca- to campus can keep themselves safe um, and, and also be responsible towards other folks out there?
1: Sure, sure. Um, and I'm glad you brought up the catch some Lizzie, because I think that um, it it really is such a, um, it's it's a call to not only personal responsibility, but really the voice of what it means to be a part of the University of Alabama community, Mm -hmm. not just in terms of individual responsibility, but as a community, right? And I think that, so there, you know, there are a lot of national, state, local um, guidelines that everybody should follow and that, that are out there. Um, And we know what those are in terms of wearing a mask, keeping some physical distancing, uh, good hygiene and, you know, don't cough on anybody. Those (laughs) kinds of those kinds of, you know, um, uh, educational behaviors. Right. But I think in order to do that, there has to be a sincere and concerted effort to know why we're doing those things. It's not just, you know, because of my own health than to take care of my own health. But really, it's to be uh, as as watchful for my health and as, as I am for others around me, too. So I think it, you know, I think the capstone creed, um, you know, it becomes much more important, like you said, takes on a different meaning for everybody this year, because it's going to take a concerted effort on everybody's part uh, to keep themselves and our community healthy and safe. And so, um, and so with that, I think we have to be good citizens uh, mm-hmm. to each other and for each other. Um, and I think the, what it means to live out the capstone creed uh, talks about how we how we are good citizens to each other and for each other. And, and how do we foster so individual and civic responsibility and uh, everything that we do as individuals and as members of our community? So it's not really so it's, I think the capstone creed is not only a voice for how each person lives out their role as a member of, of of the university community, but it's also a voice for how we can advocate for ourselves and others. And mm-hmm. um, again, I think fostering um, individual and civic responsibility is is really at the core of advocacy. I think, and it's a cent- and, and it's a central commitment uh, that we espouse in our creed. Um, you know, being responsible citizens um, of the capstone really I think calls on each each of us to to own and, and kind of ad, advance our own uh, responsibility uh, to take care of ourselves and others um, and in a responsible and proactive pro-social manner
0: yeah I think uh, you're does, absolutely. That,
1: does that make sense that, yeah
0: yeah okay. I think you're absolutely right yeah. uh, but but yeah when I'm you know when we think about advocacy what what advocacy really is is looking out for other people and standing mm-hmm. in solidarity with people mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, who are similar to us, but also people who are different from us. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that sense of civic responsibility when it comes to our health is at, at this point, one of the most important forms of advocacy that we can implement into our day-to-day life. Um, this idea of, you know, wearing a mask, not because it's protecting you, but because it's protecting your neighbor right. is, is really, really important.
1: Right. Right. Uh, was, I'll, I'll just, I was going to say, I think that that, um, you know again, that sense of civic responsibility is something that um, that certainly I grew up with as as um, um, in a different generation and um, and um, experienced in my lifetime and um, and I think that sense of civic responsibility um, is going to mean something different um, and be perceived differently mm-hmm. by by others who May who who have different um, experiences both personally and socially and culturally and um, I think it's what's important is what is our common understanding as a, as a university of, of the Alabama community and members of the capstone uh, to not only uh, watch after uh, our own health and safety but the health and safety for others
2: mm-hmm. and really
1: have to advocate for you know for the things that can help. Um, advance and, um, and sustain uh, the community's health and safety. You know, whether that be through, um, uh, you know, maintaining and reinforcing um, uh, local and um, state national guidelines for maintaining safety, um, uh, really helping um, others to understand the, the importance of intervening when when someone may um you know may not necessarily be aware of the things that they might need to do for themselves mm-hmm. to maintain safety you know a lot of it i think is also uh, uh, tied into um, um, bystander intervention types of things right those those kinds of practices i think can be really helpful both in in at delivering a message of concern and advocacy um, as well as uh, being a, a responsible uh, member of the community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I I think that we're hearing this messaging pretty mm-hmm. consistently. You know, everywhere you turn, there's a reminder to wear a mask and there are people having conversations about social distancing. Um, and framing it as a form of civic duty, I think is, is really important specifically because it reminds people that advocacy and that taking care of ourselves and taking care of others is an action. It is something that you do. It That's isn't right. passive. It's, it's a, a daily kind of um, choice that you make to right. care about your neighbors just as much as you care about your convenience or, mm-hmm. you know, um, or your social life or, or any of those things. and, mm-hmm. and, as simple as some of these measures are, I think it's also becoming very clear to all of us how difficult they can be over the course of a long period of time. Right. You know, we're we're all coming up on what four, almost five months of of social distancing, and uh, you know, we're all Zoom exhausted, and we've all been stuck oh, in sure. our house. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and, sure.
1: Sure. Well, and I'll um, be the first to admit it, you know, it, it is it, it becomes very tiring wearing a mask mm-hmm. um, and it's not always the most comfortable thing. Yeah, to do particularly uh, in this weather. Right. Oh, but goodness. You know, right. It, I mean, it's not it's not the most comfortable thing. Mm-mm. And yet at the same time, you know, uh, it, the the effort to, to be aware of what my commitment responsibility is has to be an intentional thought. I think more so now than ever before and to be aware of whom I'm around, where my responsibilities lay, where my responsibilities lie Mm -hmm. and, and what I need to do uh, to maintain, you know, my part in in being a good citizen. You know, I, in terms of the return to campus, I, I'm, I'm very trusting the students and I'm very um, uh, trusting that they will, uh, you know, do what they need to do to, to, to make sure that, they're, they're safe and also make sure that they that their peers and, 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 and community is safe as well. I think that, um, it's, it's much easier to, um, it's a much easier message and it's a much easier charge to say, I, I entrust, um, everyone, I entrust students to know what the right thing is to do,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, be responsible for themselves and others, um, because, uh we we need to more so now than ever mm-hmm. um, I, I it's a lot i think for me it's a lot easier to rely on that trust um and to and to frame you know coming back to campus and and compliance to guidelines and and um in that way that it is to um, sort of penalize at every turn
2: you mm-hmm.
1: know, folks who May not be compliant i think it's tough to i think it's tough to enforce anyway which is which is really why it's 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 important for everyone uh to do their part and 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 do their share uh to to make sure that that the community and um and those around them are safe and um and to take on that personal responsibility
0: yeah absolutely so um just a few minutes ago you mentioned the kind of the sense of personal responsibility and why it's so important to um, to make sure that folks are informed about the best practices regarding individual health um, and being responsible for one another. And I know that for a lot of folks coming to campus, there is going to be concern about how do we navigate situations mm-hmm. where we are um, in a position where we feel compelled to, um, inform somebody of their responsibility to maintain six feet of distance to use hand sanitizer to wear a mask to do all of those best practices that we have um, and and you know challenging um, uh, challenging the that lack of of knowledge and and you know the fear of receiving possible pushback from people. Uh, is anxiety producing for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, myself included in that? Just because I am a non-confrontational introvert, and oh, I don't ever uh, want to have uh, to have a difficult conversation yeah. <laughs> with anyone. Trying, um, trying. And so, I wanted to ask uh, your advice for folks who are concerned about, you know, what do you what do you do if somebody isn't following the guidelines that mm-hmm. um, that UA is given to keep one to keep everybody safe? Um, how how should folks respond to those situations?
1: Mm-hmm well i th- i think certainly uh, i m- i mentioned earlier that um you know much of that response can be likened to bystander intervention
2: mm-hmm.
1: those kinds of those kinds of um uh, that kind of way of of, of intervening and so um uh, you know depending on the safety and the comfortableness of the situation mm-hmm. i think dictates um you know how the the way in which somebody might intervene so somebody mm-hmm. you know potentially could could be um, uh, facing someone who's not wearing a mask, and all it might take would be to say, "Hey, I've got an extra mask. You know, um, have a great day." Something like that, yeah. right? I know our our um, the the our health promotion um, health promotion and wellness and our peer educators um, are are devising um, some training. I think for the fall around uh, developing those types of interventions in a, in a, um, in a framework, uh, um, as, um, as I've talked about there in terms of bystander intervention framework. So I'm looking forward to the kinds of, the kinds of, um, sort of curriculum that they're going to provide to students and the resources they can provide as well. Because I think it's, it's important to know, you know, how, you know, a student or even as a, as a, as a faculty staff member, how do I, um, intervene or provide education I always like to say how do I provide education Mm -hmm. versus how do I confront others
0: yeah yeah
1: Um, absolutely and so I think I think being um you know acting in a way that's very caring versus accusatory Mm -hmm. uh, which you kind of see a lot of these days yeah don't you yeah yeah um and 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 not that all um not that all intervention may be welcomed so, mm-hmm. um, and and so I don't I'm not necessarily saying you know force education on everyone or force that um, intervention on everyone, but is but you all but others have been have to also be willing to be open and be open to the to receiving it mm-hmm. well, at least and at least receiving the message that hey it's not it's it's all of us yeah you know, so and 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 you you know, as a person that I'm talking to, not you, but, um, <laughs> but, but um, if I'm talking to a person not wearing a mask, that, that you're also part of our community and, and my just handing you a mask is my way of saying, Hey, no, I not only care for our community, but I, I also care for your health.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Thank you for sharing I, that. Yeah. So I think it's a much, I think the, I think the, it's it's the way in which that message is delivered and perceived um, that can make the the, a world of difference
0: yeah Uh, yeah and i and i really like the way you're phrasing it as a way or phrasing having those conversations as a form of education but also coming at it from the rhetoric of um saying you know i i care about you i want you to be safe i care about our community i want our Mm -hmm. community to be safe and encouraging you know bringing people in Mm -hmm. rather than Putting up walls and boundaries.
1: No, absolutely, absolutely. I think that that the the um, the sense of creating a caring community
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, comes from a, a place of inclusion, and w- and then what that means certainly in this case is is not working to exclude those who aren't compliant,
2: mm-hmm. or,
1: or um, you know shaming those who are not compliant. But it's really how do you draw them in. Um, with a sense of care and and intentionality to provide, not just education, but also communicating care to them as well. Mm
0: -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So Uh, For students who are coming to campus who are concerned about, you know, now we've we've spent the whole summer alone in our house with our dogs, and now we're going to be around all of these people, um, and we're doing our best to social distance, but we're also aware that anytime we're in a heavily populated area, um, chances are greater that we're going to transmit um, or contract um, COVID-19 for folks who believe that they may have been exposed to mm-hmm. COVID-19, uh, what what should they do? What, what, is, what policies do we have in place to help take care of those people sure. and keep everyone else
1: safe? Well, certainly for students, if they're concerned that, that they may have been in contact um, uh, with someone who might be symptomatic or, mm-hmm. or, or know that that other person has um, contracted COVID-19, they can. Uh, I, I would suggest they call our student health center and pharmacy, and uh, make an appointment to meet with a provider. Um, uh, you know, they can call the student health center at 348 three four eight three eight five four to make an appointment. And so the um, and so the, the the student who calls makes an appointment will go through an initial screening. Will be asked a series of questions, uh, and then based on those screening questions, responses to screening questions. Then that student may, the, the provider may uh, uh, deem them as you know, kind of low risk, or they may provide um, a recommendation for some potential testing, right? Mm-hmm. COVID testing. Um, and one of the things that we've been able to do at the Student Health Center um, are a couple of things. Um, one is to provide uh, a drive through service for our pharmacy. So student, it's much more convenient that way. But we also now develop um, a drive through testing service.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so students who uh, are concerned that they might have uh, come into contact or have been exposed to the virus can call for an appointment. They can drive through um, answer some um, brief questions. Um, and the, and the, the, um, the, the, uh, Covid testing is one is is a rapid testing protocol,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: so it takes maybe about fifteen minutes to process the results, uh, and so students typically are notified within the same day of the mm-hmm. results, and then, and if needed, they they are set up for a follow up appointment. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I was uh, I went and had my covid test done earlier mm. this week, and I was really impressed with how quickly they got back to me. It was like um it's,
1: it's pretty quick isn't
0: it yeah yeah, yeah. you know I, I went and got the test um, and then I came home no, and I think
1: that it's it's one of the things that I'm really proud of um of our um student health center pharmacy they they're really able to pivot on the dime and mm-hmm. um and find a way to make it work uh, for our students so um and we you know it's been it's been going nonstop. um since yeah the,
0: yeah, absolutely. They've been very busy, uh, but they're doing a fantastic job. That's been really, really nice and, and very comforting to see. Um, it's definitely a daunting task to test a campus with it, well, as now, many students, faculty and staff. Um, it, was, it was really quick. Yeah. Um, so I got there and I think I was in and out of the door in maybe 10 minutes. Okay. And, uh cool. Yeah, they did, you know, they did the nasal swab and it felt like I had jumped into the pool without plugging my nose, right?
1: Like that's exactly what, I, that's exactly how I, I describe it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then I, I felt like I needed to sneeze for about 20 minutes after and then it was fine. And
1: you're
2: <laughs> so, done,
0: yeah. yeah and that was uh, over. Um, so not as, not as bad as, as, um, as I was afraid that it might be, you know, you hear yeah. varying reports. Some people say they didn't even notice it. And some people said it hurt really bad. And I go in there and I'm. Getting anxious about it, and they did it, and I left, and it was fine, so was, yeah, not, not a big deal yeah. Um, yeah. okay, so. Let's see here. Uh, for incoming students who are just kind of interested in the general resources that are available mm-hmm. to them for student health and well-being, so coming back to that idea of that, that whole person um, well-being perspective, that holistic idea of, mm-hmm. of a sense of health and well-being, um, where can they find more information about the all of the different offices and resources that are available to them?
1: We have, you know, they can, uh, so students can go to uh, our main student life website at sa.ua.edu. Mm-hmm. And then if they go to the programs and initiatives uh, tab at the, at the top, they'll see student health and well-being, and they can click there. Uh, uh, altern- alternatively, um, I can send you the website for access directly there as well. Awesome. Perfect. Um, you know, so there are a lot of different services there. And, and so what we've done is that um, you know, there's a, there's an there's a video that talks about our Alabama model and the importance mm-hmm. of looking at health and well-being from a holistic perspective. Um, and then we've taken each of our seven dimensions of well-being uh, and not only provide descriptions but also resources that align with each of those areas. So if students are saying or are, are looking for resources related to their academic well-being, they can click on that area. And see all the resources on campus. One of the things that I'm really excited about is is our uh, financial well-being area, and we've mm-hmm. just developed a new financial literacy website uh, for students. Uh, and I'll, and, I'll, and and that link can be is directly uh, can be found on the health promotion and wellness page at uh, HPW I think U S A dot I'll send you that link as well. Awesome, but it's, thank really, you. It's, Again, it's really uh, it, it's really exciting. It's a really exciting resource and uh, something that was was developed um, with a number of collaborators, both, both faculty, staff, and students. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: and um, I'm I'm really excited about it.
0: Yeah, it sounds yeah, it sounds awesome and and really really important too. Um, I wish that there had been more resources for financial well-being well, when I was in
1: college. <laughs> well, I know I learned a lot. It's just. just. Putting, putting together uh, the website and working with others to, to get all the information on it, so. Yeah, yeah. awesome. It's really well,
0: helpful. Well, great, that's wonderful. Uh, so, Dr. Perez, I am actually out of questions for you, but before we go, I yeah. wanted to ask if there's anything that uh, we didn't cover today that you'd like to make sure that we do address. Do you have anything left that you want to make sure that folks know about?
1: You know, I think the only thing I can think of, Lizzie, is that... Um, is our ongoing assessment of health and well-being of students mm-hmm. using our Alabama model. Last year uh, was the first year we did it. We had great responses from students. And so this year we're gonna do it again. So I'd ask students to watch out for um, two emails each semester that ask them to, uh, to rate uh, different areas of health and wellbeing um, and the process it takes to respond to that email is less than 10 seconds. So, wonderful. Yeah, it's fantastic. So I'd encourage all students to look out for that email and 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 to keep engaged in, in letting us know how they're doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's how um, that's how we know how to help folks, exactly. is, is that they tell us what they need. So right. yeah, help us help you.
2: That's right. Uh, there you go. There you
0: go. <laughs> wonderful. Well, uh, thank you so much. And for anybody listening, all of the resources that we talked about today will be included in the show description, so you can find those there. Um, but yeah, Dr. Perez, it was wonderful to get to talk to you today. I know that as we're coming up on August, everybody is super busy. So I really do appreciate you taking the time to, to speak with me.
1: Well, thank you, Lizzie. And I'm looking forward to having students back on campus as well. So it'll be exciting for me.
0: Me too. Me too. Thanks again for coming on the show today, Dr. Perez. And for everybody listening, thank you for being here with us today. As always, if there's a topic you'd like to learn more about or a person you think we should speak with, you can send your suggestions and requests to me via email at easmith11 at ua.edu. If you're listening in today and you appreciate the content we're putting out, please, please, please give us a review wherever you get your podcast. Follow our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever that is. And don't forget to share this episode and all of the other ones that you like with friends, family, and colleagues. This podcast was brought to you by the Women and Gender Resource Center at the University of Alabama. The mission of the WGRC is to address gender inequity and foster a community that values social justice, safety, leadership, mentoring, education, multiculturalism, partnership, and research. This is accomplished by gender-related outreach, advocacy, and support to individuals and communities of all identities. If you'd like to learn more about the programs and resources our office provides, check us out on Facebook or Instagram at at UAWGRC, or follow us on our website at wgrc.sa.ua.edu.